We have the latest from Don Sweeney on Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, and why Tyler Bertuzzi is a Maple Leaf, plus some conclusions to be drawn from development camp and Boston's 2024 first-round pick was involved in the Alex DeBrinkett trade on Sunday. Let's talk about all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and happy Monday. It is July 10th, and we're back here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast talking about all things spoke to be. Thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every single day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. So please do smash that subscribe button so that you never miss a thing. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at LockedNHLBruins. You can find me, my dad jokes, hockey posts on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at Ian C. McLaren. So development camp wrapped up on Friday with a spirited scrimmage, and uh, Don Sweeney jumped on the mic to discuss prospects, how they performed, their outlooks for the future, but he also discussed some aspects of free agency that we should update here on the podcast today. First of all, Tyler Bertuzzi. A lot of people were surprised that he ended up signing a one-year, $5.5 million contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that included Don Sweeney. He was asked, point blank, if he was surprised that Bertuzzi ended up signing that deal, and he said probably, yeah, a little bit. He said uh, he's speaking more generally than talking about one player on another team, but it was clear that Bertuzzi was looking for a long-term deal at the beginning of free agency and prior to free agency, and Boston's discussions with him were focused on that. Some teams were in a good position to give shorter team deals at the right numbers, And the Bruins had their gaps to fill. And and we've talked extensively about their bargain bin hunting on July 1st. As well as why they should sign Philip Zadina to a similar deal. Go back and listen to Friday's episode if you missed that. The Bruins made a move to open up the space they needed in trading Taylor Hall to the Chicago Blackhawks. And in order to get Tyler Bertuzzi under contract... Sweeney said it would have required them to get even more proactive and do some deals that they explored, but they didn't feel the value was there to open up even more space or to be overly aggressive. And if you read between the lines, he's basically saying they weren't prepared to trade Linus Allmark in order to sign Tyler Bertuzzi, which makes all the sense in the world. You have a Vesna trophy winner, the best goalie duo in the NHL last season. It's not worth breaking that up in order to sign 
Tyler Bertuzzi. As much as he fit in, as great as he was in black and gold, it was a small sample size. And um, yeah, it's just not worth blowing up your goalie duo for that. And they're planning to build from that position of strength this coming season. Goaltending, defense, uh, the offense won't be as potent as it was, but they believe as long as they are strong defensively, then uh, they can get the job done. Again, a one-year deal was a non-starter for Bertuzzi before July 1st. His goal, he made apparent, was to get a long-term deal. And by the time the Bruins had gotten their business done on July 1st, and Bertuzzi had explored the market, saw that things weren't working out the way he did, then he settled on that contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that's the situation there. Bertuzzi never made it apparent to the Boston Bruins that a one-year deal was on the table. Bruins moved on sign some players. And again, the reason they traded Taylor Hall was not to sign Tyler Bertuzzi, but it was to clear space in order to fill out a roster. And they used that space to add a handful of players in free agency. Now, when it comes to Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, there is no update there other than Felice Felice. Felix Bergeron was born. I was saying Felicitation, which is congratulations in French. Felix Bergeron was born. They welcomed a new member to the Bruins family with Patrice and Steph. Congrats to the whole Bergeron clan. Sweeney did say that Bergeron's back isn't bothering him anymore. He hasn't indicated it's residual to where it was. It caused him to miss a handful. Well, not a handful, but the first several games of the series against the Panthers. All part of his decision-making process, whether or not he's going to come back, his family considerations, health considerations, and the like. There were no updates either on um, David Krejci. When it comes to avoiding arbitration hearings with Jeremy Swayman and Trent Frederick, he said they're working hard on that front. They're having constant dialogue with all three players that includes Ian Mitchell, who also filed for rep for arbitration. It's always the hope that you get something resolved prior to the hearings. They know there's a path and there will be a right solution one way or another, and they will be part of the organization. It's just a tool in the toolbox that the club or the player can elect to use. And it's not the ultimate goal on either side, but it is a path that determines if the player will be back. Um, Swayman, he mentioned about perhaps drawing some interest with the threat of an offer sheet. Not going to happen at this point because of the pending arbitration. But it's a competitive league on the business side. Teams can and have used that to their advantage in the past, uh, but not really on the table at the moment. 
Um, finally, he asked, he was asked if there was any consideration of waiting out the free agent market. There's a risk and a reward in that strategy, Sweeney said. Uh, there were some teams in a position to wait it out. Some teams have some long-term IR situations that they can kind of be patient, go over the cap a bit. They were aggressive in bringing in Geeky. And they just didn't want to wait around to see if some of those value guys that they got were going to be available. And they probably would not have been. Ultimately, he believes they have a competitive core. They're trying to complement that and allow some guys to grow. Three players that filed for arbitration, two of them were on the team and were important parts of that. And uh, that's pretty much all that's left to get done here this summer. Sign Swayman, sign Frederick, hopefully get a decision from Bergeron. And again, ultimately, I would like for them to look at Philip Zadina and perhaps bring him in. Uh, and time will tell here if the Bruins will indeed do that. We'll talk about some other points from development camp, Sweeney's conclusions from that event here in a moment. But first, a quick word about today's sponsor, our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the official betting partner of Major League Baseball. And right now, you can take your first swing at betting on MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. So if you bet 20 bucks, you'll land $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose on that initial wager. That's 200. You can spend betting everything from money line over under who you think's going to hit the first home run all on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus when you win, you get paid instantly. No better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sign up today by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you so much once again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every single day. We've had a lot of fun looking at season in review, regular season anyways, covering free agency, the draft. Uh, coming up in the next couple weeks, we're going to start looking at 2023-24. And on tomorrow's show, I'm going to predict the opening day lineup for uh, the team, beginning with the forward lines. We're going to also look at the defense later this week, divisional outlooks, players that are most important to the team's success next season, and so on. Beginning July uh, 20, 20th, we're going to be uh, taking a bit of a pause here. Actually, on the 24th, uh, so I'll be taking uh, some vacation there, so you can expect a little bit of a break here later on this month, but otherwise, uh, full steam ahead here until training camp, three episodes per week through the month of August. Don Sweeney was present, of course, at development camp last week, and he had some conclusions about 
some of the guys who who stood out to him, uh, specifically Mason Loride, defenseman, might be the best shot at cracking the roster next season. Sweeney said Mason has been right out in front and he expects to challenge for a spot this year. Uh, he got into Providence at the end of last year, got his first taste of the pro environment to know what uh, it takes to succeed. He'll go through the progressions of rookie camp, playing some exhibition games, and they'll see where he's at. He's healthy, which is a big step up from a year ago when he was recovering from knee surgery and has made some nice gains in all the areas that he's needed to be back at full strength. You love the size. You love the puck poise. Execution and pace of play are probably going to dictate when it translates at the NHL level, but they're excited about his trajectory and what he can bring to the organization. Matt Poitra was probably the guy that stood out most next to Mason Lorai. And unfortunately for Poitra, there's only two options for him next season. He'll either go back to the OHL or he'll play in Boston. That's because of the Canadian Hockey League and AHL agreements, which dictate that you can't play in the AHL until a certain age, and Poitra still only 19 years old. In meeting with Matt, it was clear that, you know, Poitra had a terrific year. His hockey sense, his skill is ready to stand out. It's really standing out for the Bruins. The pace of play, strength of play against NHL players is what dictates whether a player can make that jump. I said it again next year. It's one thing, or last week, I should say, it's one thing to stand out in the OHL or at Dev Camp. It's a big jump to the NHL, but they really like his hockey IQ. Uh, he needs to focus on being a little more shot ready. Not so much a pass first guy, but uh, yeah, using that shot to his advantage. I'd like to see his goal totals go up. And um, he has made some progress. He's going to get a chance in rookie camp. He's going to get a chance in the main camp, maybe into some exhibition games. There'll be several young guys who get that opportunity come September, and uh, Matt will be one of those guys. Fabian Lysel, again, another guy who's knocking on the door. He did suffer a concussion back in May, um, but despite starting on the sidelines, he was able to participate in the uh, scrimmage to end dev camp. He said he felt pretty good, been a great week, and he's really luck looking forward to coming back to Warrior in September to be part of the main camp. Again, there's a lot of different takes on whether or not the Bruins have a prospect pool to write home about. There are some players that you can feel pretty good about, Lori among them. Quatra, Lysel, Freddie Brunet on defense really stood out. Riley Duran as well. Guys that are more comfortable, know what their expectations are. And, you know, nobody came into the dev camp looking to make the Bruins. They're trying to make progression from where they were a year ago. 
And some of these guys certainly took steps forward on and off the ice with their training and their play. And that's mostly what the Bruins were looking at at development camp last week. Um, now, he was also asked about Jacob Lauko. Of course, he's well past development camp. But the Bruins are pretty high on his trajectory and hope that he shows that this season. Sweeney said the interesting thing about Lauko is that he scored a little more at the NHL than he did the year before, and they hope that continues. They love his tenacity, his speed, his ability to forecheck. It was on uh, the penalty kill that he stood out as well, and they're going to need that with Thomas Noshik not back in the mix. Um, didn't have to be sheltered or buried. He started in the defensive zone, and that's huge for a young guy as well. He had some mistakes here and there in the playoffs, was in and out of the lineup a little bit, but everybody is excited about his progression don't get comfortable there telling him, be ready to go because the opportunity will be there. Can he play hard each and every night? Um, that's something he has to think about this summer and take advantage of the opportunity that he has ahead of him. So that was pretty much Don Sweeney's reactions after development camp the other day. And, um, again, a good, uh, annual event that they put on there down in Boston. Uh, they want to see that guys are progressing the right way. And, uh, some guys certainly showed that more than others and hard to say whether or not any of those guys will be with the Bruins next season. Uh, I would probably lean to not, but, uh, we will keep you updated on all the latest with respect to prospects. I selfishly hoping that Poitras back here in Guelph because uh, I love watching him and uh, be nice to get down to the rink and uh, talk to him again as well about his experience at dev camp. He was on the podcast last year and hope to have him on again here coming up before the season. After the break, there was a trade in the NHL last night that had some Boston Bruins implications, and uh, we'll get to that here after the break. All right, Alex DeBrinkett is a member of the Detroit Red Wings after being traded to his hometown by the Ottawa Senators on Sunday night. Alex DeBrinkett going to Detroit in return. Dominic Kubelik, Donovan Sabrango, a 2024 fourth round pick and a 2024 conditional first that was originally a Boston Bruins pick. And here are the conditions on the pick as explained by the Ottawa Senators. The initial condition on the first round pick is as follows. The Red Wings will have the option of sending their own 2024 first round pick or Boston's which was acquired on March 2nd as part of the Tyler Bertuzzi trade. So if um, Detroit's pick is higher, then they would probably rather send Boston's. 
But if the Bruins 2024 first round pick is an eventual top 10 pick, Boston will have the option of retaining that pick and transferring its 2025 unprotected first round pick to Detroit. So as part of the Bertuzzi trade, the Bruins sent that 2024 first round pick, but it's top 10 protected. So say the Bruins finish in the bottom 10, they end up with like the eighth overall pick. They can choose to keep that pick and send their 2025 first round pick to Detroit. Again, it it could be a bit of a down year for the Bruins. Certainly they won't be president's trophy contenders. The hope is that they're still in playoff contention and they have a view to really stocking up next season and building out the core then. But if it's a really down year and their pick is in the top 10, then they can keep that and send their 2025 first round pick to Detroit. In that case, Detroit will then have the option of sending that draft pick or their own first round pick in 2024 to the Senators to complete the trade. So if Boston gets a top 10 pick, they can elect to keep it and their 2025 pick will go to Detroit. In that case, Detroit can send their own 2024 pick or the 2025 first round Bruins pick to the Senators to complete the Alex DeBrinkett trade. Hope that makes sense. In terms of what it means for the Bruins, well, if they finish in the bottom 10, they can keep their pick this season and send the 2025 pick to Detroit in the hopes that it is a much lower pick. It's in the 20s. And, um, you know, in the hopes that 2024-25 is better than 2023-24. It was pretty smart to add that protection for the Bruins because, yeah, this could be a bit of a down year, especially if Bergeron does not come back. You're relying on Zaka Coyle down the middle. You're relying on some production from James Van Riesdyk, Kevin Shattenkirk, maybe Milan Lucic. It's possible that they could be a bottom 10 team if Bergeron does not come back. Is it likely? Well, maybe not. You still have David Posternock, superstar player, Charlie McAvoy, full season, Norris trophy contention, Swayman and Allmark in net, one of the best duos in the league. They should still be competitive but you know Detroit's getting better Buffalo's getting better Ottawa maybe taking a step back with this trade but they're still getting better they have some star players on their team it's not going to be easy in the Atlantic division the Bruins won't run away with things like they did this past season so having that top 10 protection is smart if they finish 11th they're kind of out of luck or they end up with the 11th pick. What they don't want to do this coming season is just miss the playoffs because you're kind of in no man's land. If they're going to lose, hey, lose big, get a top 10, maybe top five pick, 
and come back the next season with a Bruins team that we have come to recognize as more competitive. Um, you don't want to have like the uh, 11th, 12th overall pick and then have to lose your pick the next year. Um, so that's the lay of the land for the Boston Bruins as it pertains to Alex Debrinkit and the first round pick. Now possibly either belonging to Detroit or Ottawa. All right, that is it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, my friends. A bit of housekeeping from DevCamp, free agent updates, what happened with Tyler Bertuzzi, and tomorrow we're going to start our look at next season, kind of project the forward lines as the roster stands right now, probably with without Bergeron. Bessie saying goodbye here. Hope you have a great Monday. Please do take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you again here tomorrow on Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.